time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean dramas, movies and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. Oh, check it out. With Paul. It's a Wednesday, Paul's in the studio, he's flinging his pen about, he's hitting the microphone, it's a average jump day. How are you doing, Paul? Oh my goodness, you look terrible. I don't feel great today, I will say that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, I usually try and make the effort to boost some energy into the microphone, but not today, I'm sorry guys, Paul's going to take over from here. It's fine. I'll see you next week. Okay, okay? You, just, you just go and take a nap on the floor. Have fun. Uh, are you feeling all right? Because you had a little coffee bronchitis had... thing lingering for a while, but you sound good now. No, I feel all right, yeah. Since last last December, it went December and to January, and then it sort of got better, but then I got something else in February, Ugh. and it went into March, and now I'm, I think I'm recovered. It's been a long, it's been a long winter and spring. Fingers crossed, yeah. It seems like this season everyone's you know started taking off their masks for the nicer weather at schools as well yes there's so many colds and flus and whatnot just going around and around and around it's making up for the past two years that's what it is it is indeedy i i wonder yeah has our immunity like really decreased because i hardly got a cold during that two three years yeah, right that was amazing wasn't it it was great for, i mean we had to wear the mask but yeah. it felt so healthy all the time yeah but now we're vulnerable to all those strains once again it's going to take a while to build up some immunity i guess okay. keep your mask on peter yes we've both got our masks on today uh stacy saying i need some soup well stacy if you're sending me some i'm eating it for sure i mean you're in korea peter you're in the land of soup this is true there if should you, be if one you out need there. a good healing soup, there's plenty around. Samgyetang, I totally forgot that even existed. Well, not just samgyetang, but also sulongtang, the beef soup, that'd be good. The gomtang, the other beef oh, soup. I had some kobe tang yesterday, that was good as well. Oh, that's yeah. very good for you as well, or just some kimchi jjigae. There we go. All right, Paul's cooking. Yep. No, I'm reading a book. Okay. Well, today's book, I've talked about it, I previewed it, it's a short story, maybe some of you have read it already, let yeah. us know. As I said, it's online for free, you can find it fairly easily, it's called Low Pressure Front, Chogi uh, Up, it's by Jo Myung Hee, it's translated by Sora Kim Russell, and it's a classic short story. It's a very short, very sharp tale of a man who's struggling to make a living and also look after his family. And that happens to be a task that at least seems impossible for him back in Korea in the 1920s. Mm, there's a literal translation as well of the Korean title, right? Low Pressure Front. Yeah, but there's, there's reasons for that. Oh, OK, we're going to get to those. Maybe. Maybe. As usual, you haven't read the script, so you've got no idea. <laughs> Sora Kim Russell, we haven't talked about her for ages, I, I feel. And many of our listeners really perked up at hearing it's her It's been name. a few weeks. Look, we can't feature her every week. Why not? Because there's others. You know, there's Sojay and there's Anton Herr and there's Bruce and Ji-chan Filton and there's Brother Anthony. We've got lots of great translators. I was thinking of changing the name to Check Sora Out instead of our... I don't know whether I'd be able to complete the season if we did that because we've done a lot of her translations and, and once we run out, what are we going to do? It does take time, doesn't it? Uh, okay, so the author, have we done Cho Myung-hee? Uh, no, it's our first time. Okay. Um, and it's good that we get to feature him. His pen name was Posok. 
Uh, he was born in Chinchon in North Chungchong province in 1894. His father was a scholar, a literary fellow, but his family were poor, oh. so they didn't have a great start. Um, he went to university in Japan, he studied philosophy there, okay. came back to Korea and got arrested Um, okay. In 1919, because he was participating in the March 1st movement. Well done. Yeah, so he was one of those um, young men and women who were getting out on the street and sort of trying to get the word out. Mm. Uh, he made his literary debut a few years later in 1925. He wrote a number of short stories, he wrote poems, he wrote plays as well. Mm -hmm. And in 1928, he went into exile in Siberia. Mm. Because if you're against the Japanese government at that time, it was a dangerous place to be. Wow. However, nine years later, in 1937, he was arrested by the Soviet military police. Um, oh. They suspected him of being a Japanese spy. No. Um, and sadly, he was executed a year later. Goodness um, gracious. Was that true? Uh, no. In 1956, the USSR, they revoked the charges and they posthumously exonerated him. So oh, it's these awful. were false charges and yet he was killed for them. Wrongly accused. Goodness gracious. Uh, what an interesting story for the author. The translator we have featured many times. She was on our show in the studio. We're lucky enough to meet Sora Kim Russell. Uh, yeah, we are. And uh, I have to say, if you just search for her name, Sora Kim Russell Translator, you can get to her website. You can see a whole list of the books that she has translated. as well as the short stories. Uh, she is excellent. Um, her, her translations are always worth reading. Um, and we featured so many of them on the show, and I hope we feature many, many more. Fingers crossed. Okay, so short story, we're going to pick it up towards the beginning? Just towards the beginning. I've, I've missed out the first part because it's got some uh, rude language in. Okay, here, let's take it away. They used to say it takes 10 years of hard work just to become the guy who looks <coughs> after the royal tomb. The lowest rank there was in the old days. That saying held true for me when I struggled to snag this gig as a newspaper reporter. When I finally got the job, I thought, now I can stop worrying about making ends meet. But here I am, led forward by the struggle to make a living while ennui brings up the rear. <sighs> Just past 11, I plunk my heavy feet down on the stone steps that lead to the newspaper office. Another morning, another loathsome commute. On feeble legs, I plod my way up to the second floor, nudge open the door to the editing room and slip inside. Look at this. It's like an old junk shop in here. All these workers sitting around like items no one wants to buy. It was the same yesterday, the same today, the same the day before yesterday, the same tomorrow, always the same nauseating sight. And now the worst of the lot has joined them. I go to my desk, settle my butt into my seat and look around. Across the room, one of the accountants catches my eye. He always does. He's short and stocky. His eyes, nose and mouth are all crowded together. If he were a gentleman of Chosun, he'd be the type from some backwater country village who struts around with his hands behind his back, tut-tutting at everyone. If he were a Westerner, he'd be a short Mexican in a sombrero. If an animal, a hedgehog. If an object, a field hockey ball. Can you imagine how frustrating that would be to spend your life as a field hockey ball, rolling around and around, punted from goal to goal? 
<sighs> Over on the right, the junior chief of the politics desk. The very word chief fills me with loathing. He's a snappy dresser, but chubby, dull-eyed and thick in the lips and cheeks. A real pig of a man. But for a pig, he's pig royalty. He's dumped his dirty bathwater. He's a pig viscount, a pig baron, maybe. Imagine how fantastic that would be, to live your life as a pig. And who else? Welcome to Arirang Radio. If you are in Jeju, 88.7 in Jeju City. 88.1 in Seogipu City. 101.9 in the Daejeong area. Uh, lots of messages as well. Tigra Sharon saying, This seems relatable though when you reach the point in your career when you're just so tired of it. You don't care anymore. Everything seems darker than it might actually be. Oh no, that's not a good place to be. No, it isn't. And is Tropic it? Girl saying, Suffering from routine and boredom clearly needs a jolt. Uh, if uh, he has nothing to do but sit and complain about everything and everyone. Look, enough about Peter. Let's talk about <laughs> the book. <laughs> goes on to say, probably about Peter, bitter this person is, vain and cynical too. Let me have a look at him or her. I want to fix this. Well, that's something. Yeah, we didn't really know if it's a him or her, uh, who this it's character him. is. Okay. Uh, the main character throughout the plot, I, I'm, I'm assuming. Yes. He seems very jolly, doesn't he? He's got a positive outlook. Very positive. No, he's he's not in a good mood. He he's, hates everyone. Yeah, he he does. He hates everyone. Oh, um, he's not happy with his job. He's not happy with his colleagues. He's not happy with his life. In fact, the next person who comes in is this bouncy fella from the sales department who's mm. sort of happy and sort of skipping along, <laughs> and he's really annoyed. He he, he 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 tells us he's a puppet doing tricks on command. Oh dear. He's not in a good mood, but he's not in a good place in life. At the very, very start, he tells us of the battles he's been fighting. Okay. Um, the one, one battle is to make a living, mm. and the other battle is to find and keep a job. Okay. But the other problem is his life is filled with ennui, with mm. boredom, with just the relentless tedium of it all. Oh dear. He conquers one hill, he wins one fight, only to get to the bottom and find there's another waiting for him. Oh no. And so he's basically railing against what he thinks of his pathetic excuse for a life. Oh no, he's not positive whatsoever. No, but he's got good reason to, I think. He's not in a good position, he's not in a good mental state, and he accuses society of being a giant sewer. Oh. And he wishes there was some kind of call to arms, you know, fight for freedom, fight for happiness, or else death comes for you. But there's nothing of the sort. Oh. He's living in, you know, colonised Korea. Japan is occupying Chosan. There's no way out. There's no hope for him. And so he's not going to do that, like stand up himself. But he wants someone. No, to... but, but also no one else can at the mm. moment. Any rebellion is crushed. And so this resentment is just simmering away more and more and more. And the other thing is, there's no livelihood here. Mm. The economy's been wrecked by the Japanese, so there's no way to earn a living. Oh. And wages are always late, you never get paid on time, life is a struggle, and he looks around and everyone is just blank-eyed and slumped, limp in their seats. No one looks like they're really enjoying this. No, and there's good reason, because at the newspaper office where he's been working, they haven't been paid for three months. Oh no! And again today, someone comes around and whispers in his ear, uh, no paychecks today. It seems like that would be a good job, right? A newspaper reporter. Well, well, no, no, not in 2023. Okay. <laughs> but a hundred years ago, the problem is there's no money to spare. And mm. so they're doing their jobs, but they're getting nothing for it. 
And then he thinks of his family. And then he thinks about to the rather unpleasant morning he had. Okay. And we're going to hear about that uh, jolly time. Here we go. Early that morning, a commotion arose outside the gate of the courtyard house that I'd been renting. This is what happened. Another family's belongings were being moved, unannounced, into our clearly already overcrowded rooms. What's this doing here, I said. You can't move into a full house. No, I won't let you. I stood in the gate to block them from bringing in more of their belongings. The landlady told us to move in. What right do you have to raise your voice at us? You're just a tenant. Raise my voice. It doesn't matter whether I'm just a tenant or not. As long as I live here, I won't stand for this. We'll see about that, the new tenant said and ran off. After a while, our old witch of a landlady came huffing with anger and started screaming at me. You're four months behind in rent and you have the nerve to block the new tenants. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're a thief. Listen, lady, even if you take stock of what's going on and speak to me calmly, I'm still going to get my way. You think you can get what you want by yelling? What? Get your way? If that's not the attitude of a thief, then I don't know what is. Our last words came out long and shrill, like the tail end of a steam whistle, as she shrieked and moved to hit me. I wanted to kick her over and over until she was dead, but the idiot in me swallowed his anger beneath his mark of, mask of a so-called refined and cultured man and said, listen, you do what you want, and I'll do what I want. With that, I shut the gate, went back to my room and lay down. I heard the gate burst open again. My wife had been standing next to the gate was still arguing with the landlady. You're really being a Debbie Downer this Wednesday, Paul. I didn't need this. I needed some happiness in my life. It seems so... I didn't know you were going to be sick today. Study up on my condition every week. Listen, this seems so hopeless, but he's married. Yes. And they're living somewhere that is overcrowded and... Well, they've got their own own house. Okay. You know, um, but, you know, it's a small house. It's a courtyard house and they've, you know, and now they've got these new tenants to deal with. Uh Uh-oh. And he doesn't want that to happen. He seems to be stubborn. His wife, though, seems to be on his side, at least, arguing with the landlady. Uh, yeah, because they don't want to have to share with anybody. Mm. But they're going to. Um, and one of their rooms, where his sick mother has been staying, is being given to the tenants. Oh, she's no. being pushed out. Now she's going to have to stay in their room. And his wife is so angry. Mm. Not just at the landlady, but also at him. Why? Well, because he's forcing them to live in poverty, and mm. she doesn't want to be humiliated like this. Oh, dear. And he feels awful, but at the same time, he's angry. And he gets angry at her. And he starts to beat her. Oh, no. And then he stops and he leaves. And he wanders. He he asks us, does no one in Korea understand the burden that men face? Around that time, trying to make a living. Yeah. And he thinks back to when the idea of being in poverty 
seemed like it could have been an excellent experience, like, like it could have been spiritually beneficial. <laughs> oh, to be poor. Oh, what a life I'll lead, but I'll be a better person for it. Okay. But it's turned out to be absolutely exhausting. <laughs> it's taken everything out of him. It's just been a complete and utter trial. Yeah, I don't think once you've gone through that, you'd, you'd opt for it. But there's a little light. Oh. Yeah. That's good. That evening, he gets paid for the first time in three long months. Yes. It's 31, which is less than a quarter of the back pay he's owed, but Uh it's 31. And he wants to rip up the notes in front of his boss. He wants to make a stand, but he takes them. Oh, this like just bearing, grinning and bearing. I feel it's going to add up and explode somehow. And so the first thought is, well, I've got the money now. I've Mm. got the 31. Maybe... We can find a new place to rent. Oh. Maybe I could buy food. Maybe I could buy some firewood. That's good. But maybe what is the point of all this? (laughs) Why would I even bother doing that? Because we'll soon be in poverty once again. So what does he decide to do? Decides to go drinking instead. Spend it all on himself. That is the solution that many a man has turned to, haven't they? I don't think it's a long-term one. All right. Is this the solution you're turning to tonight, Peter? It feels like you're as dark as this story. You don't know what I've got in this tumbler, mate. It's uh, tea, Peter, <laughs> it's tea. Your daily dose of Korea? Korea? Right now. Listen up. Arirang Radio. The next morning, as I walked briskly up the path in front of Yongchuman Gate, I realised that my breath still reeks of alcohol. When I get to the alley that leads to our house, I muffle my steps and perk up my ears. I stop just outside the gate and listen. There's no sound. Are they all dead? If they're not dead, maybe they're bedridden with starvation. I slip inside. Not only are they not bedridden, they're sitting around chatting away and appear perfectly healthy. Only my wife looks me over with suspicion. I'm sure she's wondering where I spent the night. I rummage around in my pocket and find a little money left. I run back outside and buy a couple of pounds of beef and one measure of rice along with some treats for the kids. Then I return home. What's this? So little rice and so much meat? My wife's face beams with joy. She probably thinks I've come into a lot of money. Even my kids, who would normally be whining at this point, bounce around the room with newfound energy. Slurp. Gulp. My, how well they eat. They must love the taste of that beef soup. I look at them and smile. I'm not sure I've ever had a smile as mixed as this before. One part happy, one part sad, one part... Who knows? A melancholy mood hits me suddenly and I step back outside with my heart in my throat. The day is so overcast. The heat is stifling. The people walking down the street are damp with sweat. I can't breathe. Why won't it hurry up and rain? 
over this street, over these people, or better still, the clouds clear away. Oh, is that like the direct link to the title then? It is part. the low pressure front. It's coming in, but there's no change. Mm. Oh, he seemed like kind of getting a bit more positive, and his wife wasn't too cross for him spending the night outside with the meat and everything. And then it was just back to negativity and normality, maybe. Yeah, a little, oh. a little highlight in a life filled with ennui. It's very sad. I've got Breaker saying maybe he needs to write about things teenagers are easily offended by. Would be interesting to know the differences in complaints. And when does Paul read anything that isn't melancholy? <laughs> hey, hey now, hey, we have some happy books sometimes. Breaker says she thinks you must be part of Slytherin. Is it true? I'm not part of any house. Okay. I don't support Hogwarts anymore. Oh, Kitoki, non-Hogwarter. Trouble <laughs> uh, girl saying, uh, "Oh, I've already read that one about being bitter." He Is that what she says? <laughs> bitter to the end. Peter's bitter to the end. I am always bitter. Tigerish says it sounds a little bit like me. Not the puppet part, but the happy and skippy part. Uh, he is positive, though. Positive, he hates everything. Yeah, and Tigerish is also saying his wife hasn't found out about his drinking yet. Well, I think she suspects, but at least, at least they can have a moment together after the horror that was the day before mm. with the new tenants moving in. At least they can have a moment of happiness because that's what it's all about. I think mm. even when you're when you're starving, when you're the lowest of the low, a crust of bread can be like manna from heaven. Absolutely. Yeah, and there is. There's no, there's no hope. There's no real end in sight. It should be pointed out. This was published in 1926, uh -huh. and that means there was 19 years of Japanese occupation to go. Oh man! Nobody knew when it would end, if it would ever end. Sure. And so it feels appropriate that there is no hope for him. That he he doesn't see a way of going on, because <laughs> mm. it is that yearning for change, but being unable unable to do something. You want freedom, or you want death, or you just want something. Not this misery. Yeah, and and what I really like about this is Chom Young Hee. He captures that misery of ordinary families so well. Mm. Um, and also how that misery breeds bitterness and breeds resentment. Mm. That poverty itself is so evil and invasive into your soul yeah. um, and can really change you in ways that you do not want, that you never wanted to be. Yeah, that uh, heightened level of stress, worrying about where your next meal is coming from. That, yeah. That ruins all your relationships, doesn't it? Exactly. And I mean... We're not meant to like this main character. It's, it's very clear. He's written him as a, as a grouchy, horrible, middle-aged Ajoshi, mm. as, a, as a married Korean man. But at the same time, we are meant to start to understand him, to see where he's coming from. We don't have to agree with him. No. We don't have to like what he says. But we can actually appreciate how he's got into this position and why he thinks this way. Because, let's face it, Peter, if you or I mm. were in this same position... Yeah. Our hearts might have soured, yes. might have rotted in a similar way. Not necessarily the same. Mm. Um, but wouldn't be as jolly. We would be. I it, don't think so. Not, I mean, look at you. <laughs> jolly jolly in, in, incarnate today. <laughs> but also at the same time, this is, this is almost 100 years old, mm -hmm. this story, 1926. But if I look at Korea in 2023, mm. this story also feels really, really relevant. Oh. Because um, 
like it or not, the whole world has been going through um, soaring inflation. Yes. And the, the cost of living here in Korea has soared in the past year yeah. in terms of uh, petrol prices, in terms of energy prices, in terms of food, yeah. especially in terms of food. Absolutely. And I know you're, you know, you're, you're not wealthy, Peter, but mm. you're relatively well off compared yeah. to those who are earning minimum wage. Mm. But I'm sure it's still... A case of looking at the receipts when yeah. you go to the big box marts and you're going, oh, do we really need to buy all of this? Can we really afford it this month? Yeah, and if you're living on that bread line, it really is different, isn't it? You might well be struggling or having to get into lots of debt in order to just pay for your living, your food. What a stress that must be, right? Exactly. So it feels so relevant to 2023, not just in Korea, but certainly where we're from in the UK. Mm. It feels like this story could be in the UK in 2023 <laughs> with food banks and the like. Um, but, but it also highlights, even though it's almost 100 years old, it highlights the big issue that we have at the moment. Mm. One of the big things that's being talked about in Korean society, I don't know whether you've covered it much on the program or not, because yeah. this is more about culture than it is about society and politics. Mm-hmm. One of the big issues we have is we have a rapidly aging population that's going to become a super aging population. But also, we have a very low birth rate. Mm. We have record low births. Every single month, it feels like we beat the record one more time for the lowest birth rate. Yeah, it's a perfect storm, isn't it? Yeah, and so our governments, successive (coughs) governments, have always been talking about, you know, we're going to solve this problem, we're going to solve low birth rate, we're going to do this, we're going to offer subsidies, and we're going to give this financial support but at the same time if you are like this main character Mm. you have no hope yeah and i think there are a lot of young people out there who were stuck in minimum wage jobs Mm. who who are in debt and who don't know where they're going and don't know what the future is and have no hope for the future they want freedom or death or something but there's There's no change, just this low pressure front that continually hangs over them. Yeah, how can you start a family in that environment, right? That's what most young people, I think, say. You know, we've talked about the term on the show a bit, hell joson. Yeah. Like a lot of young people, you know, for many foreigners into K-pop and K-dramas, you're really into it, you're thinking, oh, it's amazing. But there are two sides to every story. Living here at the moment as a young graduate or even if you haven't come out of university, it's so tough. to get a decent job and make a decent living. It really is. And that's not to say that life in Korea can't be wonderful. It can. Mm. But there are sections of society that are marginalised and do suffer more. And um, it's up to the whole nation, the whole country, to make choices as to how we can make everybody's lives better. And it's difficult. I understand it's very difficult choices in terms of government policies. Mm. But it feels like we're reaching this this crux, this turning point, this crossroads, where there has to be something that has to happen in the same way that this main character is looking at these clouds and thinking, why can't it just rain? Mm. And it's, it's got to the point now after the pandemic where you have... maybe thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people who were looking up at the skies and going, why can't it rain? We need a change. But, you know, if this is from 100 years ago, we've seen a similar situation now. Part of me thinks... maybe that's it. You just keep plodding along and there is no change. It's well, just the low front hanging over you, hanging over us for philosophically, eternity. Philo- well, well, philosophically, one, it's not eternity. Two, life is short and, and brutal. Um, <laughs> but two, there is hope. And I have, to, I have to say that if we look at our position now in, in, in 2023 mm-hmm. compared to 1923, things are tough. But we have the freedom to talk like this on the radio. Mm. and the freedom to know our history, the freedom to vote for who we want to vote for. 
things are much better. Things may seem bad, but my goodness, the people of Chosun back in 1923 and 1926, they had the hardest of times. Yeah, that's a good perspective, isn't it? It's always good to compare yourself to a situation that was much worse off, right? It can make you feel a whole lot better. And yeah, you're right. Things... Not great in 2023, but it could be worse. It could, it, be could, much worse. it could be worse, but here's hoping for rain, here's hoping for a change, and here's hoping for freedom rather than death. Fantastic. I definitely agree. I would prefer freedom any day. Uh, Paul, as ever, thank you so much for your beautiful readings. Uh, thank you, as always, to the Literature Translation Institute of Korea for their help with copyright permission for the broadcast. Thanks to John Young Hee for his story, and thanks to Sora Kim Russell for her excellent translation. Next week's book is I Went to See My Father by Shin Kyung Suk, translated by Anton Her only published a couple of weeks.